What's going on, everybody? It's Ryan Fontenot here again with the One Million Cent Podcast. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking time to be with us today. I hope you are buckled up and ready to go because I've got a special guest with me today. He is a longtime friend. He is an itinerant speaker. He is a pastor. He's an author. He is a host of a cohort that trains people on how to prepare messages. We'll talk about that more here in a little bit, but would you guys and ladies do me a huge favor? Let's welcome Chad Poe to the podcast today. Chad, how's it going, my brother? Man, that's quite the intro. I felt like the Chicago Bulls music was going to begin to play at any moment, it's, and I was going to run out man, of the court. I need to get that. I need to get that, man. Somebody, I need some that'll, intro music. That'll cost you a dime, but go for it. <laughs> I bet so. I bet it'll cost me a pretty penny, man. I bet so, man. How are you doing today? Man, we're good. It just uh, yeah. in the middle of our actually getting the entirety of my winter, spring, travel schedule launched, pastor my church. Yeah. So it's action-packed. January is a low-key busy month. Yeah, you come out the gate pretty pretty quick. So uh, for those of y'all that don't know, uh, Chad pastors in Texas, right down in in South Texas. Well, not South South, South but East. We're we're South of Houston South. by about forty five minutes. And there you uh, you've actually been there here for me years ago. I have. And yeah, good fun. He had me once, and then it was done. He's like, "Well, thanks for coming. That that was cool. <laughs> thanks, bro. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Check." That's right, man. That's awesome. But Chad is a great preacher. He's a great friend. He's a super uh, encourager. I think that's one of his spiritual gifts, and I'm glad he is on the podcast today. I know you guys will be blessed by our time together, but Chad, I always like to start out with a couple of rapid-fire questions, so I just need you to answer these. Let me know where you're at on them. Let's start out right now. Number one, Chad Poe, and I don't know this about you. I'm curious. Are you a coffee guy or are you an energy drink guy? What do you got? So, Ryan, you and I are close to the same age. I did not grow up in a world where coffee was what it is today. Yeah. And I didn't have energy drinks either. All that we had in the late 90s was Mountain Dew and Hash Brown and Ho-Ho's. So I still drink far too much Diet Mountain Dew. I drink, okay. occasional, I drink occasional cups of coffee, not into energy drinks. I don't like the way they make me feel. Oh, there you go. Well, having said that, man, do you find yourself more of a midday guy, a morning guy, or a night guy? When's you? When are you in your groove, man? In your flow? Uh, for different things, I, I, I like midday uh, for for doing work, uh, morning, and then the evening. If I'm like, man, I'm just gonna sit around and watch television. Like, I, I like to do yeah. that at night. I, I really can't mix yeah. those things up far too much. Too much. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. But you got you get your work workflow is kind of a midday guy. Oh yeah, I get a lot done middle middle of the day. Man, man, after about for me after about one o'clock, I'm like I need a nap before I can be any more productive. So, so. that's right, that's right. But anyway, that's awesome, man. Well, I know you travel a lot, but thinking about travel like with family and stuff like that, I know you're married, you have kiddos. Would you prefer when you travel? Are you a drive guy? Let's take the journey. That let's let's enjoy the scenery. Are you a fly guy? Let's get there. I'm fly. I I like to be where I need to be as immediately yes. as possible. Yes, I love that. I agree, man. I agree. Okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. 
Um, now, now there are different seasons. I know not in Texas. We don't get all of them all the time. Are you a uh, winter, spring, summer, fall? Where do, where do you line up on that, man? I like fall a lot. Uh, I like college football. I think that's great. I like professional football. I like everything that happens in the fall. Yes. For ministry stuff, I love what the summer looks like. I, yeah. I love events. Yeah. I love being able to be around students and preaching at churches and camps. It's great. Yeah. I love that, man. That's so true. And and you're from Tennessee. Now, now I know that's where you live. For How long were you in Tennessee? Oh, my entire life. I was there until I life. moved here six years ago. Yeah, man. And he went from one of the most beautiful parts of the country to, in my opinion, maybe not one of the most beautiful parts. Is that true? Is that uh, fair? Is that fair? I have been told by church members that where I am is a great place to live, but you would not want to visit. So (laughs) I would have, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nobody's getting on a plane flying down to Jackson, right? (laughs) No, no, no. Well, if you work for Dow Chemical, you do. So you do. That's right. That's right. That's right. We're not loading up the family though and coming. So hey, having having said that about vacations, well, uh, are you a beach guy or are you a mountain guy? What would be your preference on vacation? So I live 10 minutes from the beach, 45 minutes from Galveston. But if you're a Texan, you know this. If you've been around Texas at all, <laughs> if you are in the Galveston area, you have a Galveston bathing suit, and then you have an every other beach bathing suit just for what that does to you know that that's true Texas. We know that. It's true. It's true. I love mountains, though. I, I think there's something. Uh, I like a crisp morning, and we don't have a lot oh, of yeah. crisp mornings here. We have a lot of soggy mornings. That's true, man. There are a lot of soggy mornings in 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 Southeast Texas for sure, for sure. <laughs> well, now uh, maybe maybe you know as you travel, maybe you've gotten into some desserts and stuff you like like that, and maybe you're not a dessert guy. I don't know, but if you are, would you say you're more of a pie guy or you are a cake guy? Well, where are you at on that range? Well, I, so I can land in a cheesecake situation, which I feel. Oh resembles a pie more but they call it a cake i also love ice cream i think ice cream my favorite dessert go ahead then tip us off on your favorite ice cream do you have a favorite brand so i i like have we like you over to bluebells the real i do like bluebell okay uh i i like ben and jerry's tonight though a lot but bluebell's great i I like the new oatmeal cream pie that they've done Let's go. So, yeah, man. It's good. Uh, I, I like the cookie two-step. I think that's great. Oh, man. Golly, this dude is. He knows his stuff, bro. I well, I'm going to have to add ice cream as an option to this. You're you're like the second or third person who, who's an ice cream person. I'm pro ice cream. Very pro ice cream. <laughs> I don't I don't know who couldn't be. Well, well, let's maybe get a little bit more spiritual, but not too spiritual. Now, I know I, know, I tell people this all the time. I know your answer is both or yes or I can't choose, but I need you to pick. Old Testament or New Testament? What's your go-to? I'm an Old Testament guy. Okay, thank you. Thank you for just answering that straight, okay? And well, a lot of people are like, well... <laughs> I've not done that with any of your questions so far, but... That's right. I, so if, really if I were to... So you have people ask things, you and I both have, uh, what's your favorite mm-hmm. this or whatever, and it's always, yeah. what's your favorite verse? Well, my favorite verse is First John 2, 6, my favorite... Yeah. Uh, chapter of the Bible is Romans chapter 8 my favorite book of the Bible is Colossians my favorite section of scriptures is Matthew 5 through 7 which is the Sermon on the Mount but my favorite testament is the Old Testament which is a very but, unique thing when everything that, that led is, into it 
So, yeah, but I love the Old Testament. Yeah. Love it, love it, love right, it. Man. I preach it regularly. Bro, I, I'm just glad you know all of those answers, and I appreciate you having an opinion and a confident stance, my friends. So you need to be able to declare that. things. I had a seminary professor who That's would right. say about the New Testament that it was the appendix. That it was the appendix. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. I don't... <laughs> he was my Old Testament professor. I was like, all right. Of course he was. Of course yeah, man. He was, yeah. Dude, isn't it amazing, though? I know when I sat in some Old Testament classes, the way those men could just open up the Old Testament. You're, and they, they, Man, they help you see it like you're like, wow, I've never seen that in my life, man. So I just I thought we were you. I just thought we were slaughtering animals. And then you, yeah, do, oh, wait, no, there's more. There's more. There's more, man. There's more. There's more. Well, speaking of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, do you have a favorite gospel? What would be your go-to? I love Mark because of the immediacy of it. You see the word immediately run through it. I like I like oh, the the Mark. The, I'm actually preaching through Mark. I've done it over four sections yeah. at our church, and yeah. I, I, it's a great. It's great. I love it. I love it, dude. The resurrection account. You're like, oh, that's different. But that's right. I do love that's it. Right. That's right, man. I loved it too. Mark's like, hey, quit beating around the bush. Here's what happened. Let's go. All right. It's Come just on. a sprint, an absolute sprint. <laughs> that's it. That's it, man. Well, hey, I'm going to ask you one last question before we jump into the actual podcast here. Now, this one, I don't want you to answer. I know you know an answer. I'm sure, I guess you do, but I don't want you to answer till the end. We'll circle back. Now, the big question is this. Is Chad Poe a dog guy or is Chad Poe a cat guy? Don't don't answer, Chad. I know you hold on to uh, sitting on the tip of my tongue. All right, man. Well, listen, if you are watching or listening to this and you're able to guess is Chad Poe a dog guy or cat guy? Go ahead and drop it in the comments. Let us know what you think, and we'll find out if you knew or not. Don't worry. We'll know when you posted it, too, so we'll know if you cheated or not. So, Chad, man, you got, you're got a pastor right now. That's your full-time ministry assignment, but as well, I shouldn't say that's not your only full-time assignment because you do a cohort of uh, Through the Line. I'll let you tell us about that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, you travel itinerantly and speak at camps and churches and conferences. Um, so, man, tell me this. How in the world did you get there? How did you get to where you are? Some quick snapshots. I met Jesus. I was called to ministry. Give me some of that, man. Seven years old, I was in church regularly. Invitation was given at the church. I came to the front of the room. And I really just want to be baptized. Uh, yeah, I'm really grateful, though. I had really faithful people in my life who were present and who were willing to answer questions. So when I'm 14, I'm looking around, and I, I finally really trusted Jesus. And I believe yeah. that uh, I and I don't that doesn't undo everything that happened before that. Sure, the Lord actually yeah. used all of that stuff to get me to uh -huh. to a profession of faith when I was 14. Uh, I was probably, you know, for me, I was nine years old, no, seven years old when we found my mom was sick with cancer and the, just the Lord, the Lord really used a really hard season in my life uh, to, to shape me and to show me uh, really the, really how short life is, number one, yeah. number two, how good he is and how he uses the most unexpected people. Uh, for me, it was Sunday school teachers who poured energy and effort into me. And it was ladies yeah. like Laverne Thomas who taught me with a felt board what the stories of the Bible were. And 
Yeah. I, so, as you know, I gave my life to Jesus at 14, started wrestling with a call to ministry at 16. We were not a place where you went, my church rather, was not a place where you went on vacation. It's where other churches went on mission trips. I remember yeah. we had a, a group come in from South Carolina. They did worship nights, which was be similar to what we, if you've ever done a, a, a city mission camp. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and they would go all over town, bring kids in. I remember a guy was preaching to teenagers one night, and I thought, it's great that this guy does this. And somehow in the middle of that, the Lord said, good, that's what you'll be doing. Now, said is a strong word, but I'm really careful to tell people what God said. But I felt this influence, this impact. Hey, this is what you should do with at least a portion of your life. Yeah. So I ran from that as fast as I possibly could. I had to play it that's to right. become a lawyer and a something else. Uh Eventually, though, the Lord just wore me down. My church gave me opportunities to teach Sunday school. And God really over a sh- uh, probably a two to three year period moved my heart toward vocational ministry. Went yeah, to seminary in Fort yeah. Worth. Is this, is, this too, is this too long of an answer, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I love it. Keep it on. Keep it on. Um, I went to seminary in Fort Worth. Um Started preaching for some great organizations uh, that were doing mm. summer camps, and they would bring in young guys to preach camp. Mm. And yeah, I was yeah. a young guy at one point in my life, and uh, God just used that. And there was when I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion of seminary, I was in my last summer of camp. Before that, we found out my brother was going to pass away, and all that I knew was I wanted to be home. Yeah, yeah. And my grandmother, who raised me after my mom passed. She said, you stay, you stay in seminary. Don't you dare come home. So I had one semester, I finished seminary, moved home, helped with him the last three to four months of his life, but I had no idea what I was going to do vocationally because I didn't want to take a job at a church. I wanted to be home and I sensed that I needed to help her. And when I get home, uh, I looked at my calendar and it was full of events that I didn't know what so I would travel on weekends and, and do events and then I would come and yeah. stay with him at night and care for him. And she would take care of him during the day when I would go write sermons and stuff. It was really wow. And the Lord just used that to say, if you trust me, we'll get through this. You'll get through yeah. this and you'll get yeah. through. So that was a huge thing for me. Uh, I served as a teaching pastor at church in Chattanooga for a few years when Hope and I first got married. I have a wife named Hope. We have four kids. So over the course of that time, it was always, I never felt detached from this notion of the Lord is going to put you in different places to, to preach and to teach and to care for people. And, you know, it's been a consistent aspect of my ministry just to be in front of teenagers I, for practical reasons. Yeah. I think it helps you better with sermon applications mm-hmm. uh, for for every, any situation, but just the reality of there is something God is doing in in a person's life when they're between the ages of 12 and 17 that we don't need to ignore or overlook. So that's how I got to do an itinerant ministry and teaching pastor ministry at a church. (laughs) Yeah. And yes. Yeah. I love it, man. That's so good. Hey, I want to pick up on a couple of things that you said there that I think are important. Number one, obviously just, um, sometimes people have a clear call. They have this clear, Hey, here's what I'm doing. Hey, here's where I'm going. And boom, it's that's it. 
but yours was kind of this this process over a couple years um god slowly revealing that you know it's at, maybe it's that whole thing of you know the the long obedience in the same direction right yeah and it's really what i think any of us have to realize at some point is god just is asking us to trust him enough to take the next step that's it yes what's yeah, the next step yeah and yeah you know so and that's what i i did and I believe that I'm still doing this far in. <laughs> That's right, man. And I think I think for everybody listening here, whether whether you're a pastor, youth pastor, you're a parent, you're a teenager, hopefully listening here, and you're going, man, I feel this tug of God on my heart, or or man, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. I think what yeah. Chad just said is so true. It's like, hey, be obedient to the next step. And um, you, you know this, when you travel and speak, you'll have kids come up to you. And even adults will go, hey, man, how do I get to do what you're doing? And and I all, here's my answer always. So if you're listening and you ever want to ask me that question, here's my answer. Be obedient. Be faithful where you are. And when you're faithful where you are, God's always going to open up what's next. Is that, is that what you've seen in your life, too? So I get that question a lot, too. Any of us that have done this for any period of time get that question. Yeah. And for a lot of guys, I have to encourage them with this truth. If you're a pastor or a youth pastor, you are doing what I'm doing. Yes, exactly. You're not doing it where I'm doing it necessarily, but you're doing that. Right. Uh, For me, I had a lot of guys. And so that's been a really powerful realization in my own life. Mm. You're doing this. and That's good. Yeah. And... For younger, you know, younger guys, uh, I would, mm-hmm. years ago, I started having guys say, will you watch my message and give me feedback? And I had no idea yeah. how to do that. <laughs> right. But I really, yeah. I started, you ask what I'm doing now. I, I started a cohort and I've got a lot of pastors, youth pastors, people who want to teach the Bible in different yeah. situations. And I work with them over the course of a semester and- Mm-hmm. I'm able to point out so many times we look at message prep and sermon presentation and we want to do what somebody else does. And there are great opportunities and there are great people who will show you, hey, this is what you should mm-hmm. do. I just right. try to sit down with a guy's message and watch what he's doing. And over the course of four to five months say, okay, this is who you are. Let's lean into yeah. your strengths. Let's That's build right. off of those things. And yeah. man, it's been the I've learned so much from just some gifted middle school pastors and youth so pastors good. and just, it's yeah. been amazing. So that's awesome. Hey, while you're on that, man, tell everybody what's it's called through the line cohort, right? right. It's called yeah. through line, through, through line. There's two sorry, words sorry, with a hyphen. Sorry. No, you're good. You can put the link. So it's like to add the in there. Yeah. You and through you line. and my friend, our friend, Brandon Bells and, uh, <laughs> the, uh, through line cohort. And what I do is I, you submit your stuff and we begin to work through um, an initial evaluation where we walk through whatever message you've given me. Yeah. And we look at different things that are there. What are your, how long does it take you to get to Jesus in your message? Yeah. yeah. How long does it take you to deal with text? Do you deal yeah. with text? How are you illustrating? Yeah. Are you diversifying your illustrations? Do you have word hurdles? Little things mm-hmm. like that. Because I think that for Ryan, you and I have been doing this for a long time. We're seasoned veterans. There's a little bit of LeBron James in us. Uh, (laughs) Probably, that's probably you. (laughs) Probably, probably more Udonis Haslam, that that guy that still plays for Miami. That's right. G League, baby. G League. No man, no way. Uh, And then you got these. So 
what I found was for lots of events over the years, we focused on, and I, for lack of a better word, I want to have a really well-known person on a certain stage. So I'll say the word celebrity on a certain stage. And we miss competency on every stage. That's good. Come on. If we can yeah, get people, good. if we can get people confident and competent yeah. when they stand in front of us yeah. and see the value of what God's given them, yeah, yeah, we, that's where we'll see changed lives. That's right. The, I agree, man. Consistent, consistent, consistent. So when we come in for an event, you and I don't want. We need to be supplemental to yes. the spiritual development of that situation. That's I think right. I know that's how you see what you do and how I see oh, what yeah. I do. I want I to supplement the, the church. If I'm your, if I am your hope, then you have a horrific hope. That's right. So I'm, a, I'm a horrible savior for sure. So oh yeah, terrible. absolutely, no doubt, man. Well, I think what you said there is exactly what we're trying to do with this podcast. It is to get people competent, confident, and consistent in sharing their faith. And and I think just the same with preaching, right? If you're competent and confident, you'll be more consistent. And that's the same thing with talking to people about Jesus. And as you travel and you speak to students. Um, how, what, why is it, or, or let me, let me ask it like this. When a student comes up to Chad Poe and says, Hey, I know I need to be more consistent in telling my friends about Jesus. And, but I, but I don't know where to start. I, I don't know what to do first. What would be a piece of advice? Maybe you would drop them if they're saying, Hey, I, I, I know, man, I feel, man, God's moving in my heart. God, this, this week's been incredible. This event's been incredible. Um, the word spoke to me, um, man. Now, now how does that translate to me at school, in the lunchroom, in, in the locker room? What is one thing you may tell a student or, or even an adult who says something like that to you? How can I become more consistent or even start talking to others about Jesus? Well, if I would encourage them with what well, if this is not a faith conversation, it's a philosophy conversation. Mm. So I would encourage them to be anchored in what Scripture teaches. Are you consistently in the Bible so that when you have a conversation with someone, you're talking about Jesus, not what you, not what you think or your opinion? I would encourage them to think through their prayer life, the notion of being anchored in prayer. Do I have that? connection point am i tethered to the lord in that way so that when i'm interacting with someone i've been interacting not out of emotion but out of the overflow of what god's been doing in my life up to this point yes am i reading through the scriptures am i am i asking questions i think it's great for us to ask you and me or or any of our buddies pruitt or whatever about right Oh man, I love I love what you're doing. How do I share my faith? What's important is for them to say to their mom and dad, "Hey, tell me how you're sharing your faith." Mm, yeah, yeah. Because that's reality. Yeah, it's real life. Yeah, discipleship happens best it, when it pours down like that from generation yeah. to generation. Um, but yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing as a mom or as a dad or as a uncle or as a neighbor? Anyone you look at and see that person, they seem to be a faithful follower of Jesus. Yeah. How did you get to that point? And if I can know how they got to that point, that's something like, that's not me, you rolling in and rolling out. That's okay. I'm going to see Mr. Mr. Zach next door every day. And I know Zach loves his lost neighbors. I want to love my lost classmates the way that Zach does. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. 
That's good. Finding that person close, man, that you can walk alongside of, that whole reality of discipleship of, hey, you know, not how do we do it from a stage, but seeing someone who's doing it, find someone close to you, find someone in your area, find someone that, a friend, and go, hey, how do you do this? Like, this is incredible. And and what you just said there, pointing back to this reality of, hey, it all is out of the overflow. What's the old statement, right? What's in the well comes out in the bucket, right? And so if you're putting the word of God in and you're spending that time with the Lord, then what's going to happen is the Lord's going to come out of you. Is that what you've seen in your life too? Yes, you see that. And then you think about the words of Paul where he taught, which church is it? He says, if you want to know how to do this, watch me. Yeah, Corinthians. Yeah, he says, follow who's Jesus, my, I follow Jesus. Yeah. Who's my watch me person? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do I? Yeah. Like, yeah. I need that person. I still need that person. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's that's awesome, man. I love that, dude. Thanks for um for sharing that because I think it's super helpful for people um who are out there, man, who are listening and and the only reason you're listening to this podcast is because you're trying to figure out, hey, how do I become more confident, competent, and consistent in sharing my faith? And so let me encourage you if you're listening to go to one million cents dot com and when you're there we've got free training for you on how to share the gospel it's a way we always say it's not the way but it's a way it's one way to share the gospel and i always say this having a way is better than not having any way so go check that out if you don't know i believe it's a way for you to become more confident and consistent in sharing your faith well chad i know as you've traveled man i'm sure you've got some stories of maybe students or maybe even in your church, a student, an adult, the, the way I like to say it is they just got it. It's like it clicked and they became that person who, man, they were inviting people in. They were having those Jesus conversations. They were sharing their faith. Have you ever had a person like that in your life? And if so, can you kind of share their story with us real quick? Yeah, a couple just come to mind quickly. One is pretty personal to me. I have a 10 year old daughter. She's not mm-hmm. quite in the demographic of 13 through 17, but man. So she made a profession of faith. She loves the Lord. She's been baptized. Mm-hmm. And I put her through the ringer as far as, Hey, you need to be able to walk. <laughs> so, and when we pray, uh, whatever we've told her to pray about, she prays about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when our man. church hands yeah. out, like we will occasionally, we, for Halloween, we took up prayer requests from the community. We handed those to our church members and said, okay, we can't do anything else, but we can do this. Yeah. They've asked yeah. us to pray. Let's do that. Yeah. She'll still pray for those, those initials of the person. And I'm just yeah, encouraged man. by the, and then number two, I was at an event two weeks ago. There's this kid, his name was David. And he's been sharing his faith at school, like, like with his basketball team, with his football, whatever he does, middle school boy, nervous. <laughs> nervous standing up there in a pair of gym shorts and on clouds and <laughs> and you know a hoodie and he yep. walks through with 500 kids in the room the value of sharing your faith the hope of sharing your faith what it means to follow jesus when you share your faith that kid just we put the ball on the tee and he hit a dinger yeah. I and, that, man. and i looked at the youth pastors because there was three or four of them i said why am i here yeah. You got that. Yeah, Why right, am I here? <laughs> it was awesome. Don't you feel like sometimes you're just a facilitator? You're like, hey, let me 
just, yeah. Y'all thought I came in to speak, man. I'm just like facilitating this whole thing. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm just a, I'm, I'm a point see, guard who can't shoot. So it, let, let me, it, yeah, let's him, let him do that again. That's right. That's right. I'm about to pass the ball and watch him do what he do. So I love it. Yeah, that's right. I love it, Chad. Well, listen, man, before we hop off here, well, I know there's some people who've been watching and maybe it's uh, someone who's wanting to learn more about your cohort. Maybe somebody who's like, man, I just kind of resonate with his heart. What is the best way for people to catch up with you? How can they follow you? Well, a few options. One is it, my name is Chad Poe. So Instagram and, and is there. You can find the the attachment to my, uh, my I guess, my handle for my cohort there as well. If you go to throughlinecohort.com, there's stuff. There's also chadpoe.com. There's a lot of stuff existing. Cool. The, but if you'll follow me at Chad Poe, then you'll be able to see uh, the connection to all the different things. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love working with pastors and care for pastors, so I'm grateful. And thanks for having me with you today. Man, absolutely, bro. It's a absolute joy to have you on. It's great to catch up again. And um, we'll drop all of that information in the show notes as well. If that's something you're watching or listening to, you can check that out. Click the link. Make sure you go follow Chad. See what he's doing. See how I know this, man. When you follow Chad on Instagram or 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 any of the social medias, you're going to be blessed by what he's putting out there. So, um, but but man, before we go, before we go, I just got to circle back to the question that I know everybody tuned in to listen to, and I know everybody wants to know. There's no doubt about it. Is Chad Poe a dog guy or a cat guy? What is it, man? I'm allergic to cats. Hey. And right. anytime I meet someone who has a cat, I ask them if they've ever thought about not having a cat. I'm not a cat person. I, uh, I don't love dogs either. We have a dog. I got yeah. bamboozled into a dog, and he's at my yes, house. Did. Yes, and you did. Yes, And we're, you know, we're friends we asked the question, what about the dog a lot? Like, mm-hmm. Hey, let's go on a trip. What about the dog? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, he's, he's the most expensive man. That guy is just living La Vida Loca at my house. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, man, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, that was, uh, that was, you're a dog guy by default. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got backdoored into being a dog person. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. You did, man. Well, dude, I want to just say thanks for jumping on here again. Yeah, I, love it. I know Thank man, you. you got a thousand things going on and it means a ton. And I know you are blessed today by listening to Chad. And again, make sure you go follow uh, him on social and see what God is up to. I know you'll be blessed by that. Now, listen, here on the One Million Cent Podcast, it is always our goal to make sure you are encouraged, you are equipped, and you are sent out to live on mission. So no matter where you are today, whether you are in school, whether you are at the job, whether you are on vacation, God has put you where you are to let your world know about Jesus. So don't forget this. Today is a great day to tell someone about Jesus. Let's go. 